Here we find the crash survivor in his unnatural habitat, chasing a bunny with a rock. It is essential for the survivor that he finds some nourishment in this wooded landscape. As night approaches, he decides to make a shelter to protect himself from the elements. But he remains unawares that others nearby seek nourishment as well. As the light fades and he goes inside his shack, he spots several figures outlined on the horizon. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, David Attenborough. How's it going tonight, David? It is going good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to talk today? Talk about today, Dave. What, what have we got? The forest. It is the Or forest. in Spanish, El Forest. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the research on that. It's 50% Spanish. <laughs> Actually, it might not even be that, depending on whether a forest is a male or female pronoun in Spanish. It could be la forest. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about a game. A video game. Uh, and this is one of those um, kind of spends forever in early access uh, survival crafting games, right? It's... Yes. Yeah. It didn't actually, it actually is not in early access anymore, but I think the first time we played it, it was. Yeah, I think we looked at it initially within a couple of weeks of when it was put up on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, I mean, we are always in this kind of survival crafty binge. Yeah, we're kind of basic, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we get the urge again. You're like, man, I kind of want to play a little bit of Minecraft or something. Yeah. But we saw the trailer for this and it had crafting it had survival and then it had some other like threats we're like oh that seems pretty cool yeah we remember we watched the trailer we're like yep because it's 20 bucks yes yeah i guess enough of an investment for like i'll see how bad it is type thing i remember this was on my my uh, watch list uh that sounds bad but wish list i think there you <laughs> go for uh for a long time before i actually picked picked it up because i was like this kind of came out in the um the surge of early access survival crafting games and a lot of them were not good yeah it's like hey minecraft made money um let's make almost that yeah and some of the ones were actually near minecraft clones but shit yes uh-huh where it's like parentheses not minecraft and i'm like this looks oddly similar <laughs> pixel craft or something we use voxels instead of cubes You're like, <laughs> but uh this one's not that uh, the Force kind of has a distinct feel entirely away from Minecraft, where Minecraft is like, you survive the first night by, you know, digging down, you know, uh-huh. a couple blocks and putting a block on top of you. The Forest has this kind of um, a more uh, tense atmosphere and possibility of actual failure. Yeah, because the game starts out where, I think it's, it only shows the animation in a single player, or the cutscene, if I recall. For the, uh, you're talking about the plane? Yeah. The plane approach? I saw the plane approach for me, but it could be because I was the host for multiplayer. You asshole. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but essentially, just like Bioshock, you're just minding your business on a plane. You're with your, your son, Timmy. Things are grand. Um, I don't remember Bioshock that well. (laughs) (laughs) Plane crash lands, and you kind of look up at your bloodied hands and be like, oh, I guess I'm alive, but things aren't ideal. Yeah. And you see this kind of like tribal painted guy, mm. like come out of the darkness, grab your kid and book it. Yeah. And then I think he also like hits you unconscious type thing. Yeah. And then you wake up. Um, there's like dead bodies around. You're at like the literal tail end of the plane, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of like grab supplies and like a hatchet that I think the guy put into the stewardess. Yeah, it was the uh, the plane axe. Is, yeah. is what you start out with, yeah. Um, but there's just, like, some food strewn about from, like, your mid-flight meal. And I, I think you might be able to get some pill, pills there from, like, the uh, laboratory or whatever. I don't know why I said that. Bathroom. I'm in America. <laughs> Jake's very classy. I don't know if anybody knew. 
Um, but yeah, you grab like some basic supplies, mm-hmm. and then there's luggage everywhere around the crash site. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't have a way to get into somebody's luggage, because usually they have locks on them. Because mm-hmm. if you're flying and you actually care, you put a lock on your stuff. Yeah. So you take the plane axe, and you just smack it, <laughs> and then it pops open. Yeah. In my head cannon, actually, like, none of them are locked. They just have zippers. But the guy is so lazy, yes. <laughs> he chooses to use the axe. To open so what if I use this shit for? Waka! <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that gets you some some kind of basic materials, right? Like opening luggage will most often get you uh, cloth, um, tennis balls, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, which is less useful. I'm trying to remember actually what else is out there besides cloth, duct tape. Yeah, which explain that for a travel <laughs> flight. Yeah, you it there, there's some there's some odd stuff in there. Some things you could see maybe like like batteries. I don't know if the TSA lets you do that anymore, but maybe when the game was made. I think they don't like certain types of batteries or certain sizes of batteries. Yeah. But usually if it's stowed in, like, luggage and it's not, like, overhead, mm-hmm. you're good. Okay. I'll have to consult the TSA list. We can come back <laughs> and have some TSA around it. But, uh, yeah, you get some, like, basic supplies doing that. But at this point, you're cu- you're covered in blood still, which is its own risk in the game, right? Um, whenever you're covered in blood, you're at risk of infection. Um and if you get infected, then you have to combat that by getting some aloe vera, which you have to, like, find on the first forest floor. Interesting. It's I don't at, think I've ever gotten an infection. Yeah, and it's also not really, it's not super obvious when it happens. It's, like, a progressing disease or whatever. And, um... Aren't they all? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, death also cures. So, <laughs> I had no problem with that. <laughs> I'm really hungry. Better kill myself. <laughs> Old school auto nouvel strats. <laughs> um, but yeah, after you kind of like find some water to rinse off the mm-hmm. blood, um, you have a little handy dandy crafting guide. It's like, hey, here's some like a little survival booklet. Yeah. Here's how to do some basic shit. Yeah. So you can collect leaves, sticks. Uh, if you use the plain axe on trees, it will eventually timber down. Mm-hmm. And you can take those logs and kind of like put those into a blueprint or template and make simple basic structures yeah which for me is like the fun part yeah this is where i spent like an absurd amount of my time in the game was just like building our base so dave and i were playing co-op and uh we're like all right let's let's build a base out near the uh it was your idea uh, near the the ocean basically right the shoreline at least that was supposed to be like our initial tent base yeah and I'm just like, all right, got it. And then <laughs> like started work on the fort. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, you were talking about chopping down the trees. That's where I spent most of my time, I think, playing, honestly. Because it's strangely cathartic. It takes like 19 swings with the plane axe to knock a full-size tree down. The fact that you're counting, I think, is interesting. <laughs> um. But there's a visual. You're visually, like, chopping at the tree. Like, um the area of the cut graphically like grows wider as you're continuing to like knock the tree down which is really cool and the game's really customizable you can change like a lot of settings one of those is allow trees to regrow basically but i had that off so we got this nice aesthetic as as we were like clear cutting oh yeah of like here's the hill above our base where there was a forest previously and it's now clear except stumps (laughs) it actually changes the name of the game to just the stumps. <laughs> <laughs> the stumps. <laughs> yeah, less evocative, perhaps. <laughs> but one of the things I like about the crafting and building thing is they'll have things for utility as well. Mm-hmm. So when we were chopping down trees, you can carry up to two logs at a time because you're apparently much stronger than I am in real life. <laughs> and you can go over and put two at a time into whatever you're building. Yes. Um, but Jake's like, oh, there's a log sled. Mm-hmm. So he made that out of sticks so we can put, like... 10 to 15 logs on at a time and take it all at once. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, like I said, in all games, I'm like, let me try the brute force method first. <laughs> then someone's like, oh, but if you do this, I'm like, eh. eh. <laughs> right. That's, that doesn't seem necessary. But yeah, we ended up having a really nice structured base. It was mm-hmm. walled. Um, There's a place to sleep and save. Mm-hmm. We had to make a turtle shell rain collector for water initially. Yeah. Because your main stats you have to monitor are health, which mm-hmm. is pretty common to games. Yes. <laughs> um, thirst and hunger. Yeah. 
and initially, like, that goes down pretty quickly. If you're doing a lot of aerobic activity, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm running around, or I'm chopping down trees, yeah. your body's like, calories, though, what's up? <laughs> and you have, you, you're also penalized if you're running around with low thirst or hunger, because it represents your maximum stamina as well. Yeah. So if you are just, like, bare minimum living off of, like, bugs in the forest or whatever, you can't, but, you know, the minimum amount of caloric intake, then you have no stamina to run away from any of the game's threats. Um, Or, in my case, uh, chop a bunch of trees down. (laughs) So what are some of those threats? I know the early part of the episode alluded to something spooky. Yeah. The turtles, actually, no, <laughs> that you mentioned. Fuck them. We actually spent a lot of time looking for a turtle. But the uh, the main threats of the game can be categorized as uh, cannibals and mutants. <laughs> uh, so that's what you that's what you got to watch out for. Yeah, initially, uh, as we kind of clued you into at the beginning, um, cannibals just kind of like show up within like the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah, and they're just like other people, and they just. They're, like, half naked. They mm-hmm. might have, like, a stick. Or they might be full naked. Yeah. They just kind of, like, see you from a distance. And you're, like... What Oh, though? shit. Like, uh... <laughs> what... Are you... What's the deal? Are you just, like, an NPC? Are you hanging around? Yeah. Are you gonna try and fuck with my shit? You don't know what it is. Yeah. And usually, like, a couple will kind of show up, see mm-hmm. you, and then kind of, like, scamper off. I'm, like... I don't have good feelings about this. <laughs> yes. There's actually, and, and this is one of the things I love most about the game, is in games, usually the enemies are just hyper-aggression, or you can learn their AI and you're, you're done, right? Um, in Minecraft, for instance, the zombies just go straight at you, try to pet you, try to kill you. Yeah. Like, And that's predictable, and maybe you get jump-scared like once when you open a door and there's one there or something, but the fact that it's predictable makes it less tense. The cannibals, in this case, are designed in such a way that they are not always aggressive, Sometimes they just want to learn about you, and that is in itself also scary. Like you know, um, when you're chilling at the club, this one person just stares at you for two hours. Yes. Yeah, it's unsettling. Because you don't know, like, are they going to attack? Could you run away from them? Will they chase you? If you run, will they attack? Like those are all actually factors. You can actually scare them off. Um, but you mentioned those early scouting parties. Mm-hmm. That's actually a key part of the escalation of the game because the game doesn't do the whole we'll spawn enemies around you at nighttime just because. Yeah. Uh, they have to find you, and they'll identify where your base is. Yeah. And that's the start of the escalation. And they don't really have um, a formal base, per se. They're kind of scattered throughout this whole island you're on. Yeah. And like they do have some... Like villages, like small villages, or a lot of times you can tell where they've been because there's like little totems. Yes. Which is like, let's say like a six foot stick. Well, on top of that is like face skin kind of stretched out. Yeah. It's meant to say like ward off people like you or. (laughs) Yes. There's actually a, you're talking the, the totem there. There was one spot near our base where I knocked down a totem that they built. Yeah. Like five times because they kept building it it's like a like we're gonna attack this spot like i don't i don't know exactly what their intent was for it but i was knocking it down every time <laughs> thanks for the cloth <laughs> um yeah it does add a nice aesthetic to it because i know we talked about like in minecraft days the main draw of the game is exploration yes because I mean, building stuff's obviously fucking great. It's Minecraft. Yeah. Um, but there's not really a threat outside of that initial nighttime. Mm-hmm. As soon as you have, like, walls, it's like, come at me, fuckers. Because nothing will attack you through walls. Exactly. Um, but I like this because it's initially, it's like, hey, build a base. Mm-hmm. And so you do. And you're like, oh, I must be safe now. I have a base. Yes. No. <laughs> um, when cannibals decide that you're a threat and mm-hmm. want to attack you, they will just start wailing on your shit. They can break down your log walls. Yeah. And you have to either like repair it or build a new one. So a lot of times, um, Jake and I be collecting resources, you're doing game objectives. Mm-hmm. Candles will come nearby. We'll call them out. 
and we just run at them with yeah. the the plane axe, and we're just like taking turns hacking them down, going to town. Um, but that's like the second time we played through. Yes. Um, usually we would try and like group up, because you don't really have a lot in the way of defense, mm-hmm. so you want to go with a buddy. Yeah, like and then two cannibals, two fast cannibals can take you out. Yeah. Like, uh, there's there's an armor mechanic, but you have to craft layers of armor, so it's, it's not always something you want. Like, it takes effort. It's not damage reduction in the same way like Minecraft is. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, that that blocked the hit. Yes. Which yeah. is just like a slap, you know. Um, and the other thing that's really creepy about the cannibals is, let's say you knock one down, and you're like, oh, good, they're dead. I'm gonna go worry <laughs> about the next one. Yeah. Um, no, they're still on the ground, like, shallowly breathing, covered in blood, mm-hmm. but they will get up yeah. and regenerate. So every time I knock one down, I do, like, an additional two full-on axe yes. swings to, like, the chest or head. The coup de gras. Yeah. Yeah. The extra coup de gras, the double tap, till I see the option to pick up their body. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, they're definitely dead. And yeah. then I'll take their body throw them on the fire, <laughs> and cook their body for bones. Yes. Which I can then use to make armor. Yes. Or arrows. That's true. Yeah, you can use them for the uh, the advanced arrows. And, uh, yeah, the, the the cannibals are awesome. Like, the interactions with them just maintained throughout the game. Um, Diplomatic relations are not going so well. <laughs> yes. And uh, the, the game kind of ramps up as they continue to, like, assault your base. They send stronger cannibals eventually the mutants um trying to like wipe you out basically yeah because the game tracks how long you survive and like in days yeah and i don't think i ever got like in this this playthrough i didn't get anywhere near your longest survival because uh, i died like every two days basically but yeah you'd either be like running from a zombie and get ganged or you'd be like oh gravity's a thing and just die yeah um not to say I did not succumb from that, mm-hmm. but typically, while Jake was at home taking care of the house, cooking nice stuff for us, um, I would be going and exploring. Yes, yeah. Because I still really enjoy exploration in these games. But what's really cool is there's obviously the top-level island. Yes. Where there's like a forest, there's like puddles of water, there's like a lake, there's other... There's a whole giant thing. Um, but there's also these like little caves. Yeah. And usually it's like, hey, there's a little crack in the wall you can animation into, or there might be like some rope. What does it mean to animation into something? <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's not like your character can fit through there. Yeah. You have to do an interaction. There's like the little animation of you going through a, a tight crevasse mm-hmm. into the cave. Yeah. Um, but once you're in the cave, it's like pitch fucking dark. Yes. And you have like a little shitty Zippo lighter that, you know, goes out every 10 mm-hmm. seconds. <laughs> but it adds to that fear and excitement of the exploration. Yes. Because in the caves, like there's bats, there's random body parts, there's usually other cannibals. But you're looking for clues throughout the game to help you find your missing son. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Timmy. like. Timmy! <laughs> <laughs> and then like uh, tech options. Yes. Because, like, um, I think one of the first times I went down the cave, I found dynamite. And I was like, hey, hey what's up? <laughs> I'm now a prospect. <laughs> stinky Pete. <laughs> I'm not stinky. <laughs> or Pete, really. <laughs> I was going Pete. No. <laughs> yeah, the caves, uh, the caves are kind of the other half of, uh, of the forest. There's everything going up, up above ground, and the caves are this... An expansive amount of content that they added in. There's How like, many caves are there? There's there's twelve around, I think total. There's a couple like hidden ones that are like single rooms, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know, a lot of people find themselves. But the uh, the game is really different in caves. Like in either case, the game's not afraid. Like you were talking about the darkness, right? The darkness, Jackie. <laughs> uh, but the game's not afraid to submerse you in darkness and let you feel the immersion of it. Um, the lighter barely provides, like, any light whatsoever. You get, like, seven feet, maybe ten feet of distance. Ah, it's... If that... Yeah. You really have to hope that there's, like, a... A Temple of Doom, like, skull candle in the distance to mm-hmm. help, like, map out where walls are. 
Uh, but the main thing is because there will be enemies in the caves, mm -hmm. you want to see where they are first, ideally, to be like, okay, I'll plan this out a little better. Exactly. Maybe go in with like a bow. Because um, it really sucks to like go into a space and you're like, where are things? Everywhere. Fuck. Yes. Uh huh. That last minute thing is never ideal. You want to clear rooms as opposed to yeah. be in the middle of the room surrounded. <laughs> and there are flares um, yeah. that I think you have to find. I don't think you can craft them. I don't them. think you can craft them, no. But those are super useful for like just, hey, um, I'm going to go down a rope. How far down does it go? Is there stuff at the bottom? <laughs> and other things like that. Yeah, the cave exploration's really important, and uh, we haven't really talked about the plot, but it's important there, too. It's like, it's how you move the game kind of forward, and you move from the above-ground survival into getting through the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's one way to do it. <laughs> I To uh, hype about the caves a little bit more, it's my favorite part of yeah. the game entirely. Okay. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Why? Why do you it, say that? I, it, it's interesting to me, because it's kind of the more... Um, the more tailored part of the game, right? Like, each cave has distinct, like, loot in it, you know, kind of some gear, um, equipment. It's less open-ended than the uh, the surface. Right, but... I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying... I like what I like. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the initial survival and doing stuff with the base mm -hmm. because you do really get a lot of flexibility as far as that goes. You can make tree houses, you can make traps, and all this other cool stuff. Yeah. But just like in Minecraft, I like going into a cave, a naked boy, and coming up a naked man. <laughs> like, I like, Jake's like, oh, I'm doing some stuff, cooking food, making the base. I'm like, cool, I'm going to go down in this cave. Mm -hmm. Jake, I found this dynamite and, like, a tooth and something else. And he's like, nice, awesome. I'm like, I'm going back in. <laughs> this is accurate, too. I think, like, you went in the cave and you came out with, like, a... The, the full scuba gear on, yeah. basically. I'm like, and I was just like, at this point, in a ghillie suit, covered in leaves. And you're like, we've, we've, diver we've picked different tech paths. <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, it is, it is a, a really reliable way to kind of like tech up at the risk of expiration. And if the, the game is split into multiplayer or uh, single player, and there's some different mechanics depending on, on which. We were playing multiplayer, so if we died, we dropped all of our stuff where we where we die. Yeah, there's just like a backpack. And sometimes like a game will be forgiving, and when you die, it's like, oh, you'll respawn with full health, full life, full food, whatever. This game is not that game. You respawn, it's like, eh, maybe we'll fill your water bar, I guess. But like, you're going to be starving, you're going to have almost no health, and... Uh, Mild criticism, I think, of the game mechanically. You can immediately just get gimped by a zombie. <laughs> That's like at the plane where you spawn. Yes, but <laughs> typically, like, they'll still provide those in flight meals. Yes. Mm -hmm. That will kind of uh, respawn um, if you die and get rebirthed. Mm -hmm. So usually you can grab meals, sodas, meds, and you'd be like, all right, I'm good to go. You grab the plane axe and you go out. Um, but there there have been times where one of us have died in multiplayer. Yeah. It's like, I respawned at the plane. There's, there's nothing here. There's no axe. There's no food. <laughs> you know, like, I hope I can make it back to the base. Yeah, and thankfully we didn't build too far. Mm. But there were times where it's like, hey, I died over here. I'm going to spend 20 minutes getting back to that stuff. Yeah, and the plane crashes. The location's random. It's actually not fixed, so... Well, I mean, per game. Per game, yeah. yeah. It's not like you die and the, the plane's like, I'm here now. <laughs> the plane goes down somewhere else. Dave, oh. where are you? Another world. And that sound means it's time for intermission, where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. What's been cooking, Dave? Uh, recently, I made... Honey bourbon salmon, mm -hmm. which is just you take a cut of salmon, you put it on a pan, you, I mean you oil or butter it a little bit so it doesn't stick and burn. Right. Um, but then you keep pouring honey bourbon on it. Is and that then, honey and bourbon? Or no, that... it's like a a sweetened whiskey. Oh, okay. So you just keep pouring that on, mm -hmm. um, and then you flip it, and you pour it on, and you flip it, and you let it cook over time until it gets like this nice golden brown. Mm -hmm. um, 
the sugars have kind of caramelized and it's nice and gooey sticky and that's it fish is cooked has like a nice taste to it but also in a separate pan mm-hmm. you roast up some almonds add a little bit of honey bourbon there a little bit of butter okay uh, this time i also added some orange zest and got that cooked then put it in the blender quick and then cooked it again but i kind of sprinkled that over the Ooh, fish okay and then i let it sit like another minute or two but it oh it was so fucking good that does sound good and that's what's cooking <laughs> i gotta be careful with these because like i'm gonna want to take a break from the podcast to actually eat is the, is the problem if i just listen to you describe a meal we should cook as <laughs> like a podcast episode i keep saying this <laughs> Uh, other stuff going on other than just the cooking, which is clearly the most important. Um, they Blizzard has started teasing the next over, Overwatch hero. Uh, the name that's most prominent looks like Baptiste, but in the past they've never teased the name and what a character would do this early. It's always been like a red herring, so who yeah. knows? It's probably like a fish in like a spacesuit or something nobody knows well what do you think since you play competitive more than i do mm-hmm. i mean you play competitive at all yeah what do you think is lacking in that space currently <laughs> what role do you think they can put in yeah like are they missing another dps are they missing a tank i feel like they have pretty good coverage for dps's right now and they've been kind of uh, bouncing around with them if this character baptiste is the correct that he's explicitly mentioned to be a sharpshooting medic um, so, probably, yeah, right. Um, so possibly another healer. Um, but the meta is in pro games, all tanks and healers. So, I mean, who knows, right? If they're adjusting it based off of what the meta currently is, that seems less likely since heroes take like a year to make yeah, or whatever, like three months. Who knows? Not a lot of information. We'll keep you guys updated. Um, Next thing we were talking about here is, uh, so we, you know, have a Discord. We talk to a lot of our friends. This is not a public Discord. You cannot join it. You cannot join, yes. These are just people that, like, we've known for a while. Though, statistically, if you're listening right now, you may already be on the Discord. (laughs) It's only people we know listen to this. (laughs) But uh, people are just talking about playing survival games. Um, I don't know if that subliminally, like, led into today's episode because we were also thinking about playing survival games. But it's every couple of months. Um... So we might go back to, it sounds like Seven Days to Die or yeah, Rust. That one's likely. Uh, I, you said two things. I said that one's likely, right? I'll it, leave it's it probably ambiguous. going to be Rust, because we <laughs> haven't played that in years. Yeah. At least three years. And that's still an early access, but keeps getting updates over time. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like they've done a lot with it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to relive my glory days of Old Spice 94 <laughs> and, just... and build a base. I just want to run between weapon spawns, looting things continually, and not playing PvP in a primarily P- PvP game. It's basically my goal. Funnel explosives into the group. Down for that. And uh, kind of last thing I had to cover here is I know I mentioned Anthem in a previous podcast, saying like, oh, we'll see roughly how it is. We both play Destiny. Uh, it's released, and a lot of people's fears have been realized and that it is reviewed very poorly for a triple A uh, multiplayer looter shooter. What? No way. Yeah. So uh, 60 on Metacritic as of this recording, which is bad. It's, it's pretty bad. It's real bad, actually, for a triple A game. I feel like they put, I shouldn't say they, mm-hmm. um, a subset of them kind of put all the effort into Apex Legends. Mm. I was, almost thought it was kind of like... The thing is, it's a different team, like... Those are, two, those are two different development yeah. studios under EA. So, like, Respawn made Apex. They're the, the Titanfall guys. And Bioware made made this. So, Bioware shit, I think, is the moral of the story. <laughs> and it might be true, unfortunately. Rest in peace, good Bioware. A whole new world, even. Those caves down below the forest. But, uh... Yeah. Jake, uh, just open your eyes. <laughs> uh, you also mentioned a little bit of the, the crafting, which mm-hmm. is, like, really key to a oh, game. Oh, I know where Jake's going as his eyes light with up. With uh, the survival crafting game. So um, you have a really interesting inventory system in the forest. Basically, every time you hit I, it uh, full screen transitions to a tarp on the ground with your backpack in the corner. 
and then depending on what's in your inventory, it'll be on a, in a like a, its location on the tarp. So everything you can pick up in the game has a location on the tarp. It's just it won't be there until you have it. Um, and then the game has this nice feeling um, uh, mouse over effect whenever you like mouse over something. Uh, the item slightly displaced as though your hands like rummaging over it and there'll be some sound like you know rustling rocks or whatever it's got this nice uh, audio visual vibe uh, to it um, downside this is a full screen window uh, of your inventory so things can happen when the game's not paused as it turns out and not having any awareness of your surroundings is not always ideal in the forest yeah but. Um, this is why I like to craft near Jake. <laughs> a lot of times, like, let's say we're down in a cave, and I see something in the distance, and I just have my plane axe, I'm like, this is not enough. Mm-hmm. So I'll open up the inventory, I'll be like, alright, how do I make an explosive? Yeah. I'll, like, throw some things together, duct tape it all, I'm like, okay, I now have a throwable thing, which is gonna deal decent damage, mm-hmm. and a small as fuck AoE, but it's more useful than going and fighting with an axe. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of preparing for situations, building out that armor. You're like, all right, I'm going to combine some cloth. I'm going to combine some, uh, was it cloth and soda alcohol? Oh, it's alcohol. That's what, booze. Booze. To make the uh, Molotov. I'm, so, I'm sorry, were you going to make a Molotov out of a fucking fizzy drink? <laughs> Is that why mine never caught fire? Also, uh while we're on the Molotov note, yeah. there are so many times, because it just, you bring out the Molotov and you have like your lighter if you're, you know, in a cave and you want some degree of light. Yeah. And you can just throw the Molotov. Yeah. Not lit. Yeah. You just throw it. I'm like, oh shit, I really wanted that. Yeah. You have to actually light it first. Hold the, and the then lighter. throw button. it. Yeah. yeah. But so many times I'd be like, Jake, Take uh, this. or like a flare, and I just like I'll throw down like a dud. I'm like, nice. <laughs> you can recover the flares. The Molotovs, unfortunately, like shatter as they yeah. would, right? Like, you haven't breached the structural integrity of the bottle by lighting it on fire, so uh, it always shatters. That's a that's a sad feeling. <laughs> we were actually like facing off against a, a mutant at one point, and we we're like, all right, what resources do we have? We were we had the high ground, so we had our time. <laughs> And uh, I was just like, all right, craft some Molotovs and like throw. Literally, no fire happens or anything. <laughs> yeah. like Dave, or it was me. Dave's like, uh, Jake, you didn't like that, did you? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. It happens no. though, more than I'd like to admit. Um, but uh, the crafting system's uh, quite solid. Um, most of the recipes you kind of have off the get go. Building like kind of, uh, you can either build like a shack. Uh, custom walls you can pick like the link so you can kind of like design your base not in like a full minecraft do whatever you want way but you have a lot of options um, and you can build traps outside of your base which i didn't do at all first time we played um, but i did this time i've got these deadfall traps which are like uh, basically a long log suspended by like a small triangle of sticks yeah and if something displaces the sticks the log falls and just like instantly kills um, uh, cannibals. Um, and I just had them up all over the place. And then I was making like um, large triangles of like logs facing towards each other with the sticks in the middle as like these like impromptu gateways and things around your treehouse. Because Dave made a treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I made and slept in once mm-hmm. and then never went back to. <laughs> I used it. It was the uh, the bait base outside of our, our main base to protect the structural integrity of the wall. Oh, boys! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of crafting options, and there's, there's kind of a cool mechanic that, unfortunately, they don't really tell you about, where if you place one ingredient for what you're crafting in the, like, crafting section of the tarp, um, you can mouse over a gear that pops up, and it'll show you all the ingredients the permutations of what you could craft given what's already yeah. there. If you have a stick, you can make these ten things. Yeah. Um, and you can keep adding things into the pile. Because I think yeah. the first time, they didn't really tell you. Yeah. You kind of had to figure it out. So you, you'd put random ingredients into the center, 
and it would the first ingredient would be like, oh, I'm gonna fill up this much of a gear because mm-hmm. you you have this much of ingredient toward making something. Yes. So you're like, and I put in soda, <laughs> and you see if like the gear fills up. Yeah. If it doesn't, it's not a part of that recipe, and you actually need to move it back out. Yeah. Because you want to make a Molotov, not a Molotov, like an explosive, <laughs> and it's like with soda. It's like no. <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's a lot of stuff you can accumulate, and it's, it's, it is like a trash collector kind of yeah. a game where you just like have everything on in your inventory at once. Um, but it feels good to like make a trek through one of those caves, come out the other side, you open your inventory, and you're like, "Huh, I'm like a well-stocked adventurer now." You're like inventory full of snacks and soda, and snacks, soda, booze, animal skins, dynamite, bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. Definitely, um, it's got the balance between the above and, and below ground, which I think we got, we, we did pretty well on our playthrough. Yeah, you were above ground and I was below ground. <laughs> Eventually I started going in the caves, but like my life expectancy is just poor in this playthrough compared to yours. Dave's just like, all right, I've got like some teeth and some twine and like a rope or whatever. I'll, I'm going to go in the cave and he comes out like a rich man. I'm like fully stocked. I've got like bone armor, everything on me. And I like fall down a hole and die immediately. <laughs> uh, such yeah, I, when we were doing end game content, um, first I want to go back to when we did the initial playthrough. Yeah. We had like five people. We were kind of exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was above ground. You get like these pictures of clues of where to find some other things. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time doing stuff. Yes. And then we kind of went to this one cave and kind of just like fell our way down. Mm-hmm. And then Jake and I just kind of found the end of the game. We're like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is endgame content. <laughs> yeah. So we went through it again. Uh, we tried doing a similar strategy because I still don't know the actual correct way to get uh-huh. to the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, but as we were doing it, Jake, again, died along the way. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but it wasn't tenable for him to get back. Yeah. And I was already past a certain point. And he's like, I'll just watch you do it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, this will be fine. I, and I looked and I had, like, no hunger. <laughs> or, sorry, I had I had no food. Yes. Or, like, I had very minimal supplies. Um, so I just got the weapons and resources I had. Mm. And just, like, okay rolled up sleeves, murder spree. I ran out there with, like, a bow. I was, like, shooting uh, cannibals. Yeah. And then I ran out. I had, like, three arrows. I'd run out of arrows. Could but still do the draw animation, but <laughs> there's nothing would happen. Yeah. So I'd go up to it's a It's an intimidation cannibal. tactic. Like, maybe a low light, it looks like... Yeah, <laughs> they don't know what I have. So I'd run up in there. I'd grab the arrows from their body, <laughs> re-knock my bow, and try and shoot them again. True. But it's, like, this whole, whole thing... But it is possible for like one person to go through mm-hmm. everything, and I should hope so. There's a single player mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I really do like. I don't want to get into it because that's part of the joy of the game specifically. Yeah, is seeing the end game mm-hmm. kind of evolve. Uh, but it was just a really cool transition. Yes. Yeah. I'll phrase it that way. <laughs> you become a woman. No, no, no. The. Uh... Yeah, there's. I think that's the biggest surprise. The first time we played it, for me, was the fact that there actually is a plot. It's easy to get, um, to see the intro and be like, all right, that's the stepping stone to just an open survival game. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of open survival games where like there's no reason to complete the plot, or the plot is just a footnote at the end of like something. Um, and this one has. It is still, like, fairly distinct. Like, here is the path that leads to the end of the game. Here's all of the open world content and a lot of stuff in caves. But if you just spend time in the game, you're likely to eventually end up completing it. Yeah. It's it's a very organic progression mm-hmm. because you wouldn't know that the game has a plot, like you said, until you start, like, finding things throughout. Maybe you explore the above ground mm-hmm. and maybe you find a cave you go in the cave you find some other stuff yeah you find some pictures you find some clues you're like okay something's going on here yeah this might point me to this next area um but you were initially just going out for supplies right or food survival is always your like priority mm-hmm. in this game it's like we were kind of talking about minecraft right like survival matters the first day 
and then you're like, everything else is just... Eventually you have a killing field set up for zombies, right? They're falling down a hole and you're just like macro killing them with a sword or something. Yeah. That repairs itself off of their souls. You, know? you stop by the factory like, hey, how are things going, Jim? How's the wife and kids? And then you just take your cut and you leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like this is not that kind of game. Everything that you do... Uh, well, you have the option of building just because, but it has a utilitarian purpose of furthering your survival. Um and it gets it get, it gets hard, which I can say I think with honesty for myself more than I could say for Dave because he made it to the end, but I died like thirty just, times. <laughs> I've become good at cheesing certain things. <laughs> um, I understand certain game mechanics, but if we're talking about the first playthrough mm-hmm. where we had like four or five people as a group, yeah, and we had a base, um, our whole goal at that time was just to have a perimeter and yeah. have it exist. Mm-hmm. But as days progress and you haven't died, cannibals will attack. Start yes. hitting the walls. Mm-hmm. And maybe mutants come out. Yep. And we haven't talked about this we yet. We haven't talked about mutants, no. But there's, let's say, three basic types of mutants. I think it's fair. Roughly. I think it's fair, yeah. There's arms. Yeah, armsy. <laughs> which is like humanoid, uh, bigger upper body, and just kind of like extra bits of arms and flesh no real face it's just kind of a skin monster yeah but that's spooky there's also legs which (laughs) we'll call that the inverse of arms (laughs) there's also a cow man yeah which is just a really fat lot of extra flesh it's a bulldozer basically yeah um and it's very slow it has deliberate steps and it kind of has like stomps that kind of echo throughout yeah you can hear it from a great distance yeah you're just like what is that okay yeah there's something out there in the forest and it's slow until it's aggressed Mm -hmm. in which case it fucking books it yeah like it's full reinhardt charge at you like no 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 yeah there was one of them that tried to uh it was just out in the open world and came near our base i was like this is my chance for supplies so I went outside the base, and I had some deadfall traps, as I mm. mentioned, set up all over the place. I was like, all right, I will aggress it. So I took out my slingshot with a little rock. And I'm like, yeah, fire. Hit it with a rock. Does, like, nothing except piss it off. It charges at me straight into the trap, but uh, the trap takes too long to fall, and it actually, he hits the trap first, demolishes the thing, completely <laughs> destroys the trap. And I'm like, my plan may have been a little <laughs> bit. Advised. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I let it into like a large group of traps that I had, and it managed to actually die to those. But always have a backup plan. <laughs> the advice here: they're uh, they're interesting encounters. They have a lot of health, and they can very quickly punish any mistakes that you make. Yeah, like I know I talked about the bow a little bit. It's initially for hunting, mm-hmm. and then for like some ranged mm-hmm. combat. Because even if you have like an axe. It's really easy for some, like, you're surrounded by two enemies, and one will just kind of, like, slap you from the side. Yeah. And then you get hit a second time, third time, and you're down. So any other options are ideal, typically. Um, but if you use a bow into one of these mutants, mm-hmm. they're kind of like, that's cute. Like, what's up? <laughs> Unless you get a headshot. Or the mutants. The mutants yeah, the yeah, mutants. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of times we'd be crafting molotovs and be like, Fire, get some damage over time on that bitch. Yeah. Or the let me make an explosive. Yeah. <laughs> let me make an explosive and hope to God it blows to pieces. Yes. But I remember we threw like 10 projectiles at this one cowman that was kind of like in the corner and was too dumb to like know where we were. Yeah. So we just kept like throwing out these <laughs> Molotovs, like taking turns. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not a game where like you're going to have a very conventional. I'm gonna run up and smack it like medieval exchanges fight. No. You wanna you wanna cheese things out as much as you can. Like um, there's a lot of interesting melee weapons you can get, um, and they'll have a variable amount of uh, like attack damage, attack speed, and block. And clubs have like really good block mitigation, but unless you're like have a dedicated two man squad where like one guy's blocking attacks and the other guy's like. Yeah. You know, flanking with his katana or whatever. Um, it's much safer to hide on a rock and Skyrim it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. I will find a place where you cannot path to me, but I can fire upon you. Malta, Malta, Malta. 
So yeah, there's a lot of cheese. The one enemy I do feel very confident in, uh-huh. besides birds, mm-hmm. which birds are not really an enemy, right? But they're the, so the easy source to of kill. food and feathers. <laughs> um, are the little babies? Oh uh, yeah, mutant. Little so babies. if you imagine a baby, mm-hmm. like a fat baby, yeah, and then you remove a couple limbs, and you combine that with a raw chicken, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, but it also squeals, and it's kind of like Play-Doh. It, it kind of looks of... like it's from Binding of Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like a, a bubble. more realistic yeah. Binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will kind of like crawl. Then when it gets close enough, it'll kind of like squeal, but like then like throw itself at you. <laughs> yeah. And this comical, like flinging your own body way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, here's some physics on this baby. Um, but I love taking the axe and just hitting them once, <laughs> and then they're dead. Because they do hit you. They are enemies. Yes. But I love killing babies. Right, that's the... Yeah. <laughs> Key takeaway there. Um, I know we already talked about the, uh, the, the the cannibals, but there's one extra anecdote I wanted to mention. Yeah. At one point, uh, I set up outside of our base, because, like, you don't want enemies to hit your walls. You have to come back. You have to repair them. You know, it takes all this effort. So I set up a drying rack, which you can use to, like, put meats up. Hunting is a big part of the game. You can get, like, um, skins that you can use to, like, craft pouches to hold more of your basic supplies, sticks, mm-hmm. rocks, whatever. Um, really beneficial if you do that. Uh, but I set up this drying rack, and uh, I put a bunch of human parts on it. Because much like Dead Space, you can take a melee weapon and strategically dismember these cannibals. Um, it's not strategic in this game, but that's the term they use in Dead Space. Um, take their parts, if you're like human arm, human head, human leg, and then put them up on this drying rack. Other cannibals, as it turns out, you may guess by the name, like eating human parts. <laughs> so you set these up in the open, and I'm like, and now I surround it with traps. <laughs> so I had this this drying rack out here where it's like, if enemies ever got close to our base, instead of just wailing on the base, they'll try to go for the food and get destroyed by all these traps. I'd run out, pick up their corpses, run back, throw them on the fire, get tons of bones, and just make layers of bone armor. And bows, or not bows, arrows. Um, firing bows is less efficient than firing arrows. I just, I, I take the bow, I hold it by the string, and I just kind of like throw it as hard as I can. <laughs> but it's, it's fun little like emergent strategies like that that I, I really appreciate in the forest. I get more out of the opponent's AI in the forest because they've got layers to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, the cannibals are actually interesting, whereas the mutants are kind of single-minded, like, yeah. fuck that guy, yeah. and they'll just try and murder you. Very much, they're like the specials, kind of like in Left 4 Dead. Not, not with the same nuance, but um, they're there for murdering. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess, what is one of the things that spooked you most about the game? Did you ever have any, like, Oh, holy shit moments. There's there's a couple things, like, in the game that are kind of are... They unnerve me, like, significantly more than others. Well, I know I know one, but I don't want to spoil that. Yeah. Well, I'll mention what I can think of. You can tell me about the thing I'm, I, I missed that, that scares me a lot. The um, One of them is spending any time outside at night. Um, the game has really good audio design, for the most part, mm-hmm. with some exceptions, uh, my main exception, which I didn't really like, is sometimes you'll get, like, an ambient cannibal screech that doesn't seem to be audibly, at least with my headset, didn't come from an audible direction. It yeah. just happens. And I don't think that was attached to a particular enemy. It could just be, like, a general, hey, it's nighttime, you're unnerved, go. Yeah, it's like the, the like, Legend of Zelda, a crow crows somewhere, right, and you hear it. But, um... Other than that, like, you can hear things approach. Um, so you, if you're out, like, moving slowly, crouching, you can stealth. And then you can, like, sprint while in stealth to, like, move a little faster. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds funny. <laughs> Wobbly legs. Um, you can, like, hear cannibals, like, running through the forest. Oh, yeah, the crushing of the leaves, yeah. Yeah. And so that, combined with the fact that this game has no problem being very low light, and if you use a light, that'll attract cannibals because they'll see it, like, 
you can choose to sacrifice your own awareness in order to be safe for yourself, but you don't feel safe because <laughs> you hear all of the sounds around you. That's like one of the, that's one of the biggest things. Um, and then just being in caves by myself as an adult, almost 30 year old man, like makes me uncomfortable because it's really dark. And sometimes you just see the silhouettes of things ahead of you in the, in the night. Yeah, it's always night in case, by the way. There is no... <laughs> There's no natural light source for the most part. Yeah. Um, those are the two things that stood out to me. What was what was your thing that you were thinking of? Um, i trying to think back to the first playthrough, because the second one, I remembered a lot. I'd say a good deal of, like, the, the gimmicks. Mm-hmm. So I would just, like, sprint through caves and, like, hope to God I didn't find, like... A ledge I was going to run off? Yes. For the most part? There's a lot of those. <laughs> uh, but like you said, the game is very dark. It doesn't have what I call moonlighting. Mm-hmm. Where, I remember I made this analogy when we were talking about it. So let's say in TV, mm-hmm. uh, a couple has just made love, and it's <laughs> at nighttime because that's the only time you do it. Right. And, like, there's, like, a moonlight effect coming in. They're under the covers, even though, like, I sweat so to some degree. <laughs> But it's in the situation, but there's just enough light that you can see things perfectly fine. Yeah. Now, in games, a lot of times when you're in darkness in caves, and Minecraft does this, Yeah. where, like, you'll have, like, it's pitch black, but because it's so dark, we will adjust the lighting a little bit so you can see the outlines of things. Right. You're never just trapped in the darkness, unable to tell it's the story. It's not pitch black, yeah. you know? Um, but this game does not do that. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, I think the, one of the first times was when I was using the lighter to explore a cave is you're like, okay, I'm looking at a thing, I see an enemy, and then your lighter goes out. Yeah. And then, like, your character's kind of, like, clicking the lighter back on, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Because that little bubble of safety that you had, this perimeter of vision, just disappeared. Yes. And it wasn't like, hey, your light source is running low. It's like, and it's gone. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, there's like, there's other sources of light you can kind of, you can use, um, you can actually, you can actually like wrap your plane axe with cloth, um, by just combining it with cloth, one piece of cloth, and then, uh, you can light it like you would light a Molotov and it'll temporarily burn like for a few minutes. Interesting. Yeah. You can use that as like an emergency light thing or add a little bit of fire damage Mm. to your attacks. And there's other kind of, like, impromptu things you can do. I know I did this playthrough, um, essentially duct tape a flashlight to my bow. Yeah. So when I would be aiming down the quote-unquote sights of the bow, mm-hmm. it'd also be, like, shining a light in their face. I'm like, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> Fun random fact about the flashlight. I actually I saw this on the, the wiki. Mm-hmm. I didn't experience it in the game this time. But a flashlight is usually, as many flashlights, it produces a white light. You get, like, a little bit, a circle on the inside, which I don't know how realistic that is from the, um, the light shining around, like, the aperture. But uh, if your flashlight gets blood on it, it produces a red light. What? And the red light is uh, easier to see in and, like, brighter for some reason than the white light. So there's a strategy of trying, trying to get blood on your flashlight, which uh, will go off if you go through water or something else that would clean you. Um, in order to improve your light uh, in in the darkness. Interesting. And uh, we're not really going too much into spoilers, but there's uh, an effect on certain opponents. Uh, They'll react to the color red. So it's something you can look into in your own time. Mask? I like how there's still things I don't actually know about this game. Mm -hmm. Because I remember, like, first playthrough, I went up and, like, started to build a base... At the foot of, like, a snowy mountain. Yeah. And I'm like, I will I remember live this. here. Yeah. I will take my... I think I got a gun at a point. Uh-huh. It's like I will shoot deer. Yeah. I'll was... come back and have deer skin. And I'd have, like, the uh, the tennis racket shoes for the snow. Yeah. I'd be like, this is my life now. Yeah, we, we had, like, a cold-weather hunting cabin. That's <laughs> yeah. basically what it was. We're just like... It's cl- clearly the cannibals will not be able to reach us here up in the mountains. <laughs> They can. They don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they they run around naked. Like it doesn't phase them. Freaking <laughs> <Pretty> heavy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about gripes? Gripes. Uh, so some of these do exist in the game. For, for me in the game, um, uh, the main thing I think for me 
was kind of some of the balance peaks where it's like I mentioned respawning right at the plane Mm -hmm. with very low health, very low food, very low water. It's easy to make your base the first time significantly far away from the cave. And you start off with like, unless the food manages to spawn in for you, which normally it does, but sometimes it doesn't, you'll have very low stamina. So you're just like doing this desperate crawl through Mm -hmm. the forest back to your base, hoping that you don't run across any enemies because no weapons spawned in for you either. Um, And... Combined with the fact the game gets harder as it goes on, the game adds more enemies, literally. Um, you're less and less likely to be able to make it back to your base as the game has gotten harder. Yeah. Um, the other main gripe I had for me is the caves are, from a meta perspective or um, mechanics perspective, a little bit cheap. And that things there respawn. Some of that's out of necessity in case you die and you lose plot progression items that you need. Uh, um, yeah, you're saying item-wise. Yes, but like supplies, if you like enter a cave, leave the cave, enter the cave, all the supplies will be back. So you can just grab a bunch of flares, grab a bunch of TNT. It's actually because the enemies in the caves don't increase as the days go on um, and the difficulty doesn't increase in caves, caves become increasingly a better, safer place to be yeah. compared to the overworld. Because enemies will not spawn in caves at all mm-hmm. and once you've cleared out a whole cave it's safe yes so yeah. another reason i'd be down there a lot is because i can just be like what's gonna get me mm-hmm. i've already thrown explosives at everything i'll hide in bodies like on the ground i don't care yeah like i have nothing to fear yeah and so i kind of wish that the there was a kind of some sort of mechanic to like escalate the caves as well um to make it match the overworld a little bit um that being said, I can't think of a way I would do that where it wouldn't also upset me. <laughs> You're just like, ah, oh, crap, it's day 20. I haven't gotten into any caves. They're full of mutants now, right? You're like... Uh, you actually can't crawl in. It's just, it's so packed. <laughs> just of bodies. just, like, flesh. <laughs> you go down a rope, it's just 100 babies at the bottom. Yeah. So kind of what I wish was... Um, this would be a concession on the difficulty a little bit. But um, the game tells you how many days you lived when mm-hmm. you die. I kind of wish that when you died in the overworld, it... Would reset? Yeah, like, or at least go back a little bit on the difficulty slider. So, like, the enemies are a little bit weaker. They're, like, you're actually on day 15, but they're day 10 enemies or something like that. Um, Okay. I mean, immediate counter-argument. Yeah. I would kill myself five times in a row Mm -hmm. and just go back to, like, hey, it's just me and one other guy on the island. And you can, but, I mean, if you're playing it in... Like, it, it, it ultimately is a co-op or single-player game, so you should be able to play it kind of however you want anyways, right? Yeah. Like, yes, that is that does make it more casual, but um, on the other hand, if you're trying to play it for progress, um, if the game was actively telling you, like, hey, you're at day 15 day of difficulty right now and you're still alive, then it's like a challenge. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I died. Crap, now I'm down to, like, day 10 or something like that difficulty. Um, I feel like that would be more of a push for people who enjoy that hardcore gameplay. I could see it. Because now death is like not just, I gotta reclaim my body, it's, ah, oh, crap, they put me down to like casual mode again, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but that's kind of all tangential to the, the plot of the game anyways. Um, surviving is important, but you could speedrun this game if you knew where everything was. Um, since it does have an ending. I think you just need two core items. Yeah. You don't need a lot. You really don't need a lot. Hmm. And people do speedrun this game. <laughs> we always come back to talking about speedruns, but... <laughs> Maybe next time we can do that. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I think the, the gameplay is really solid. The, the main things that surprised me that I enjoyed was the fact that, like I mentioned, it has a plot. The uh, like visceral feel to the crafting feels a lot better than just dropping things into like a crafting grid, like all of Minecraft. Um, it feels cool to like combine things, put logs in a cart, push it back to your base, gather a bunch of sticks. Like stockpiling and hoarding supplies is a viable strategy that feels good. Yeah. Uh, to that end, like you don't have a chest where you're like, oh, stuff's in there. Yeah. Where it's just items. Mm-hmm. Like Jake had crafted these little boxes or baskets out of sticks 
Yeah. And one was like for bones, one was for rocks. And like you see them physically in there. Yeah. Which is nice. So you'd have like, a, you can carry most things in your inventory, but you can only carry so much of it. So it's, there's an incentive to go back to base and like, okay, drop off all these stones I accumulated. Here's all the sticks and the bones. Um, it kind of, I like hoarding in my survival games if there's a reason for it. And uh, this game has that good, I'm accumulating stuff that's going to be useful in the future feel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. What, what, about, what about you? What gripes did you have, kind of? Because I know you were more successful than I was in this, this playthrough as far as surviving. I honestly can't think of any. Oof. I feel like any mistakes I made as far as, like, death... Mm-hmm. We're my own. I don't think the game cheated me out of anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been maybe nice to have a better way to find certain things. Like, we found a turtle for a turtle shell. Yeah. Never saw another turtle. Mm-hmm. To be fair, we were not exploring beaches a whole lot. Right. We're kind of like setting up a base. I eventually, yeah. yeah, I eventually found like a pack, like three turtles on the other side of the map during a mass exploration, like where I was just looking for stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only carry one turtle shell at a time, so I'm like, yeah. this isn't turtle power at all. Um, huh. That's, that's, uh, I mean, it's pretty solid. It is a solid yeah. game. Yeah. Hmm. I guess the biggest thing is if you touch water, mm-hmm. like in most games, it's like, hey, you're kind of essentially a naked man. Mm-hmm. Um, the water's not warm. Yeah. And then you're immediately like, ooh, I'm cold. Yeah. So you kind of get like this frost effect around your screen. But what I love about the frost effect is when you go next to a fire to like, hey, I'm going to dry off, warm up. Yeah. Also, you can like put paper or like money, money into the yeah. fire. Worthless and it money. And kind of goes, <sighs> flares up. Uh-huh. Um, but you actually see it slowly melt. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's, oh, here's static ice. Debuff removed. The ice is gone. Yeah. Like, it's a nice progression. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I did, that, That's a positive thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I like that, but I felt a lot of times I'd be going to do a thing, mm-hmm. and I'd be out for, like, five minutes, and I feel like I'd either be, like, cold or starving or thirsty. Gotcha. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop what I'm doing to go back and manage those resources. So you would have liked, like, deeper pools for resources, like Maybe higher just, max Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm fine or with, like, food. I need to manage my resources of food and water. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'd start off with, like, a Kit Kat bar, and I'd go and, like, I'd go, like, down the beach, cut one tree, come back, and it's like, hey, man, what about that snack? <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. And it just seemed a little too frequent. Yeah. To, to where, like, later on in the game, I was like, okay, do I have a stockpile of stacks? Do yeah. I have all these sodas Mm -hmm. and i want to make sure i had a shit ton of everything so i have to go back yeah and as a counterpoint to that they do have like the ability you can like grab some dried meats off your um drying rack like some lizard yeah you can store stuff and i get like water i had a water skin at the end of the game which helped a lot thanks for sharing that (laughs) yeah but there's also like blueberries that you planted Mm -hmm. which was nice you oh, yeah. can't store them in your inventory, but you can go be like, blah, 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 blah. Actually, I think you can actually make a berry bag. I never did that. What? Yeah, I know. That would have okay. been useful. So ignore everything I said. Um, yeah. There's ways around everything. You just need to do it. Yeah. It's not always obvious what you can create. It's not all explicitly pointed out to you, and it's not all in the crafting book either. You don't have like a visual, like, here's what you should do to survive. Yeah, it's so that would like, be a downside hey, for me. here's basics. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what can I do with these basics? Yeah. It took me a while to realize, like, oh, I drag animal skin in, and I can make all these different pouches. Some of that could be more clear, I think. Um, even if that's provide the clarity as you go through the game, like, more recipes. Um, I know we're, like, a little long here, but the uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about is the fact that there's an insanity meter for your character. Um, because I just, I, I love this. I feel it would be a miss to not talk about it. Okay. Uh, there's... A percentage, basically, as you encounter things in the game that disturb your character. Mutants, uh, monsters, uh, the fate of other passengers. Um, your insanity meter basically like fills up. And uh, 
uh, once it reaches a certain point, there's like bloody pages added to your guidebook. Yeah. That are like, here's how you make effigies out of human body parts. And you're like, huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're getting there. And uh, I just really appreciate that. I, I, I think that's great. Um, no, it's definitely a solid touch. I completely forgot about the other passengers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they were there. Um, <laughs> they got fucked. <laughs> the Accurate. One, the one I remember is there's like one dead guy in a cave. He's hanging upside down. Mm-hmm. You can steal his watch, which is a crafting ingredient. Yeah. And his shirt just comically says, I love travel. <laughs> it's like, look where that got you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it, it's for environment building. Mm-hmm. That's there, pretty much it. Yeah, there's like, as you encounter things, your guy will get like, he'll you'll hear like a scribble sound, which means that in your notebook, he so got a to-do. Um, I and... can make a pile of his body parts to scare off cannibals. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like, explore hanging cave or something like that. Yeah. And uh, one of the the first ones you'll get is like, find out what happened to other passengers. So that's an objective you can do in the game. It does actually, I think, check off each passenger on the mm-hmm. manifest as you find them. Interesting. But you'd have to be playing, like, hardcore completionists to really, really find everybody. Where's Susan from 6B? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that all being said, I would like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Soapstone. As always, you can reach out to us on Gmail at soapstonepodcast@gmail.com, or you can like us on Facebook and uh, contribute to the discussion there at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. Always happy to hear about what you guys guys' thoughts are on this episode and other episodes. Until next time, we'll see you in the next one. Later, nerds.